Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, or whoever is there. This is not my normal uh, evening to um, put on a broadcast, Uh, although I did one um, last week in the afternoon, and it seems to have done as well in being picked up and heard uh, as uh, uh, on the Wednesday nights where I've been uh, following uh, and, and creating my broadcasts. So it's Monday night, and um, my wife is out, uh, and I decided, why not do a show? Uh, it's something I'm interested in, so I'm going to talk about it. If anybody would like to call in, and uh, if they're there, it would make me very happy, at 646-716-7756, uh, or email me. Uh, uh, after the show uh, to this site, it's it's there at the site, or at Larry Sydock L A R R Y P S Y D O C at Gmail dot com. Um, so let me talk a little bit about uh, I, this show. Really, is still inspired by the nightmare going on in our uh, government, in our Congress where the government has been shut down now for nearly two weeks, and in several days, unless a, a deal is made with the Republican Party, uh, the, uh, we will go into default, and um, horrendous things will happen to the country. Uh, and much of the House, uh, who really in many ways is the subject of this uh, discussion, as it was in my last discussion uh, on temper tantrums, um, that's doing fairly well, and I'm pleased with that show. Um, so I want to talk about what I think is going on uh, that hasn't really gone on in the United States since its inception, at least not to the control of government, uh, in relation to a really wonderful movie, a movie I love very much, called The Life of Pi. And The Life of Pi, uh, I'm sorry I didn't see it in the theater, and I'm really sorry I didn't see it in 3D, because the newer 3D movies are certainly not like uh, back in the 50s when they made their appearance and then disappeared because they gave you a massive headache. Uh, I saw uh, Avatar some couple of years ago on 3D. I'd like to see the new movie about space, uh, Gravity, in 3D. Uh, and I'm sorry I didn't see Life of Pi. But The Life of Pi is about is a story within a story. It is uh, a man, a middle-aged man with a wife and family, who has been um, approached by a reporter who wants to tell the story of what happened to him when he was a teenager and um, his family had to leave, was it India or Pakistan? I don't remember, but it doesn't matter, uh, with their menagerie of animals from a zoo that they ran uh, to get out 
and go to safer quarters. And the ship goes down. And the story uh, uh, starts with the young man as a boy and his relationship with his family and his, how much his father has taught him and uh, his life until the moment they have to board the ship. And uh, the story continues that the ship is in some kind of a storm and we really don't know what happened, but the ship sinks. And he ends up in a lifeboat with some animals, an orangutan, a hyena, and a tiger whose name in the zoo was Mr. Parker. And I won't go into why the animals were named what they were named, but it's really visually gorgeous. The whole film is beautiful and magnificently acted. The young man who plays Pi and the middle-aged man who plays Pi are really very powerful uh, performances. And uh, anybody who hears this and hasn't seen the movie, go see it. It's, it's really a pleasure and a joy. Uh, I did watch it on television, and I have a very good TV with a good screen, so I lost some of the effect, but I don't think I lost a hell of a lot. In any event, the story is told to the reporter uh, with beautiful visuals about what happens to this young man uh, when he ultimately uh, is left with these animals and the animals which die uh, and the tiger and how he finally tames the tiger. Uh, and he tells the reporter at the beginning, <clears throat> this is really about a belief in God. And all kinds of wonderfully fantastical things happen in the story. And I don't have to go into them. Uh, and I won't go into them. But they're really quite miraculous. And miracle is really so much at the heart of how this story uh, evolves. It turns out later when a group of Japanese uh, investigators come to him in his hospital bed in Mexico after he survived 227 days at sea with the tiger, with storms and all kinds of incredible experiences, when they come to him and they tell him they really don't believe the story. So he makes up a second story. Uh, the orangutan somehow floats to his life raft, his life ship, uh, his lifeboat uh, on bananas, and it turns out bananas can't float. And then at one point in the story, when he's near death, uh, they land on an island, <coughs> a floating island somewhere in, in the ocean, uh, inhabited by millions of meerkats, all of which are quite fantastical and within the story are quite beautiful. And these people don't believe him uh, at the end of, near the end of the story, so he tells them another story. But he never tells them, and we're never told, that this story is a truer story. And when it's all over, uh, and he's quite emotional, and the reporter is taken up by this, uh, and, and just absolutely transfixed by the story, uh, as if he can visualize what we've seen. And, and let me tell you, the tiger uh, is, is, uh, raises another issue. The animals in the story, but particularly the tiger, raise an issue, can you believe what you see? Because this tiger and the other animals, but particularly, again, Mr. Parker, the tiger, are not real. They're completely computer animated. And they are so unbelievably real. There is nothing to my eye about them 
that's not real. There's one scene at the end when he uh, comes up on shore in Mexico and his adventure at sea is over when the tiger jumps out of the boat and heads towards a jungle that's there and the tiger's legs, because they're both so weak, sort of collapse. It is so absolutely real. There is nothing about this that would suggest that this was not <clears throat> somehow a time tiger, tiger that was uh, participating in this show. But that's not today's story. Um, what can you believe? Because I think that uh, <clears throat> we're headed into an era where people who know how to do computer animation uh, can make us believe almost anything uh, if they uh, put their uh, skills to work. And I can't only ima- can only imagine and be terrified by how this might be put to uh, political use or, or to uh, gain control uh, in some ways uh, that will be nefarious and dangerous to us. But again, that's a partially different story. But at the end of the show, at the end of the movie, uh, the uh, reporter doesn't know which story is true. And so Pi, our hero, asked him, which story would you rather believe? Which is the better story? Which is the more enjoyable story? And the reporter says, the more fantastical story, the first story, the one with the floating uh, orangutan on the bananas and the Mr. Parker, the tiger, uh, and all of the adventures on the island, the floating island with the meerkats. This is the better story, and that's the story clearly he will write about. Good, wonderful, but that story is taken on faith. Both stories are taken on faith, and what we're left with is the notion that the story we should believe, and my my, my show is called The Stories We Live By, and therefore the stories we should live by are the stories that are more pleasing to us, the stories in which we have faith, and the stories... Uh, that may not have any factual basis, but are pleasing to us. And it seems to me the human race has always been divided in stories which we are pleased and stories which have some factual basis. And our society, at least until recently, at least I believed, were dominated in private life by stories of faith, stories in which we're told and we believe that there's a life after life, stories in which we believe that if we have enough faith, uh, a God will intervene and uh, we will survive our cancer or we will survive all manner of, of awful things. And a story that has been created in the last four or so hundred years based on science, and I want to talk about the particulars of science tonight, because while I think it's fun to suspend belief and look at the movie Life of Pi and believe it to be so while you're watching it, I also believe it's important that we return to a world that's based on fact and not based upon a story and live our lives according to a story that pleases us, which can end up so disastrously 
if in fact we don't pay attention to the facts, but simply go by the more fantastical, supernatural story that pleases us, that has the best visuals, that has the best sound bites to bring it into uh, our modern era and political uh, advertising. So, let me talk a little bit about the difference between science and what I might call religion. Uh, Even sciences that are basically religions because they don't follow the tenets of science. And the struggle that is going on in Congress, which I said in my last show, is basically a, a tantrum. But tantrums very often uh, come out of and are acceptable based upon certain pleasing stories, stories that we want to believe regardless of any kind of facts that might intervene with them. Um, The first time I thought Romney would really lose big uh, in the last election was when his manager talked about... uh, uh, the, the, after the first debate, uh, a kind of an etch-a-sketch approach to the future in which you scramble the etch-a-sketch and you come up with a, startling, with a brand new story, a clean slate. Uh, facts, he said, and I heard this on the air, won't determine how we run our campaign. Facts don't matter. And I expected there to be outrage about this, but there wasn't. There would have been a time when I was younger, there would have been outrage about that. Because when science really dominated, uh, and facts, and I'm going to talk about these in specifics, uh, would, would overpower the idea of pure faith in picking the story we would live by, um, now it seemed it didn't matter. Facts didn't matter. And for a while now, science really hasn't mattered in determining public policy or the direction of our country or even education. And so let me talk a little bit about science and facts and some of the uh, things that frighten me. I've talked about these before, but I'll talk about them again tonight in this particular context. Uh, 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 First, Let's talk about the theory of evolution and the theory or the idea of creationism. And the first time again, this alarm began to crawl up into my throat was when mostly Republicans, but maybe some Democrats too, began to argue that our schools should teach creationism equally to the science of in the science of biology, to the uh, theory of creationism. The second time I became alarmed was when scientists all began to agree that climate warming or climate change is taking place and the carbon level in the atmosphere is growing and it is correlated with and determining of increases in world temperature with all manner of serious, serious consequences, 
And again, the Republican Party, uh, which uh, Kevin Phillips, a man I talked about last week, uh, who was a speechwriter for uh, uh, for President um, uh, not, not uh, never mind. It'll come back to me. I'm, I'm having one of my one of my many uh, moments of seniority. Uh, um, Anyway, uh, when, when he was a speechwriter for a Republican president, uh, said we are the Republican Party is the first uh, uh, party of God that is based more in faith and religion and more against science. Um, and they said that, no, we disagree with that. Um, there was an incredible show uh, interviewing people um, some, this time this summer, last summer, last year, this, a year ago from this summer, about um, living at the seashore and not taking seriously that the seas were rising precipitously and in the wrong kind of a storm, your house could be washed away. And they interviewed a man somewhere at the seashore. I think it may have been northern Virginia or, or maybe New Jersey. It doesn't matter. Uh, and he said that, yes, he knows about the evidence from the so-called scientists, but his scientists, which happened to be hired and paid for by the oil companies, uh, disagree, and he believes them. And two months later, I don't know what happened to his house, by the way, Sandy took place, this hurricane in a, in, in a century, and much of what was happening in the seashore uh, on Long Island, New Jersey, uh, disappeared. Disappeared, has gone. Nothing like it had happened before, but those facts were ignored by this man because he chose to believe the more pleasing story, one that denigrated the facts from the majority of scientists. We're now at a position where a majority of economists and business people say it will be an economic disaster, perhaps a catastrophe, if we go into default and now the same group of Republicans holding hostage the rest of the Republican Party who seem not to want to speak up no matter what they believe for fear they could lose their job if they were primaried, which primer used to be a noun, now it is a verb, <clears throat> if they were primaried <clears throat> and um, might hold the country uh, uh, into default and we'll find out that uh, maybe the facts are right by the people who are educated enough to make them because they're involved, A, in business, and B, in science. Um, and so this is the struggle we're in. Do you believe the story that pleases you, that pleases your friends, that pleases you if all of your friends believe it, so you deny and shut out any kind of evidence to the contrary? What makes science different than religion? And I want to go through some of the criteria. I've done this before, but I'm going to do it again tonight. And then when I finish, if there are any calls, I doubt that there will be, but I would love it if there were, we can discuss it. The difference between science and religion is that science will not admit any causation or explanation based on the supernatural. 
There is no supernatural in science. Religion is based on a faith in the supernatural. God, gods, demons, angels, things that you must take on faith that can't be observed. So this brings us to another critical difference between science and religion. While religion is based on faith, science is based on facts. How do you determine a fact? A fact is something that can be observed. Um, in psychology, it's the same, something that can be observed or directly experienced, even though in psychology I don't go along with the same criteria as chemistry and physics, which can be measured, because a lot of what we can experience can't be measured, but it's still something that is directly experienced. Um, observables. I observe behavior. Somebody tells me what they experience. Uh, that can get into an interesting discussion. Can I experience what they experience? But when individuals agree that something is experienced, it becomes a fact. It's held in doubt. It's held in doubt until more than one can experience it. So in science, when a laboratory experiment suggests that a drug or something has an effect, it really needs a second opinion, a second experiment, a second set of observations to say we agree with the observation. We see, hear, smell, taste, measure what you're talking about. And then it becomes a fact. If I suggest that when I jump off a building, I will fall, and I will fall at a particular rate, measurable and predictable by science, that's a fact. Because it's been observed and measured by millions and millions and millions of people. This is a fact. In religion, things are taken on faith. And they're taken on faith by the authority of somebody who people respect as having the ability to make statements without facts by assertion and not evidence. Uh, in my shows criticizing psychiatry, uh, <clears throat> I have said many times, along with Zoss and other critics, Thomas Zoss, uh, who wrote The Myth of Mental, uh, Myth, Myth of Mental Illness, that so much of the belief that mental illness exists is based on assertion or on a belief that sometime in the future we'll find proof that there's a biological, neurological, or biochemical basis in the abnormal behavior that we label as mental illness or mental disorders and then treat as if it were such, as if proof existed that these things really existed. Um, when we come up with an explanation for our facts, how they're related, uh, we make a prediction of what will happen, uh, how they came about, we call this a theory. A theory is a set of educated guesses. And therefore, when people say we should teach um, uh, 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 creationism in school alongside of evolution, 
uh, I say that's the death of science in school. You take creationism on faith. There's nothing to observe, and there are no facts to disprove it. Evolution, as a theory, is a set of guesses. Nobody says evolution is the truth. What they say is evolution fits the observable facts as we now know them, and therefore it is the best explanation for how uh, the planet evolved and all the animals on it uh, have come to be as they are. It may not be what anybody likes, but it fills the tenets of science. There is no evidence that could be presented that creationism or God or any religious idea, I almost said theory, but these are based on faith and not on facts, can be disproven. In science, and it doesn't always work well, and many scientists become kind of quasi-religious in holding on to their theories, no matter how many facts are allied against them and how many alternate theories are better than the one, uh, and I'll talk about that in a second, are the ones they espouse. However, uh, a good theory is destroyed by facts that go against how the theory whether it's accepted on faith or not, is, is espoused. So it may be that someday the theory of evolution will be disproven, or since we can't go back and look at the emergence of the first animals on the planet and we have to take them based on the facts and keep them as a guess and as a theory, it may stay a theory. Certainly, when there is enough evidence a theory becomes explanatory and we call it a law. So we don't have the theory of gravity, we have the law of gravity. In psychology, we certainly have no laws. We don't even have many good theories because they're taken and espoused more on faith than they are on factual evidence. So, in science, finally, Authority are human beings who can present evidence, visual or theoretical, to back up their beliefs in, in religion. The priest, the rabbi, is based on faith, faith of assertion, and faith by his position given to him by the consensus of his congregation or those who believe he speaks for some kind of truth. And finally, science doesn't talk about truth. It talks about facts. Ultimate truth is not a big thing in science. Science is really not very good or effective in telling us what's morally good. Religion tends to be better than that, except when it is based on an assertion of an authority interpreted by some human being who claims that he or she knows what God thinks is right or wrong. And then, and all through history, and now we are in deep trouble. Because the world is now being consumed by demagogues who think that this is their belief 
comes from God and represents an ultimate truth regardless of the facts. I don't know where we're going. I'm deeply pessimistic. Um, I was watching uh, NPR News tonight, and in the heart of Taliban country, in the heart of Afghanistan and Pakistan, a group of very wealthy businessmen are setting up schools, alternate schools to the corrupt governmental schools, and putting their own money in to give co-education and the best of, of scientific uh, and factual education to their 120,000 students at this point, and that sort of gives me hope. And certainly I am hoping that the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, those who still believe uh, that facts matter, um, uh, will avoid a default and get our government based back on facts, uh, that money can go back into research destroyed by or damaged seriously by George W. Bush in his faith initiatives to stop using um, uh, uh, cell research uh, to find a cure for terrible diseases that now afflict us, and our country uh, can make faith uh, an individual matter and uh, human authority and human intelligence and human abstraction and human observation and facts once again the basis by which we live and deal uh, uh, with each other in our land. Good. It's time for a nice piece of cake, a cup of tea, maybe a little television. Uh, I think I was pleased by this. I don't doubt that anybody really heard this tonight. I'm fooling people. I went to the afternoon. Now I'm on a Monday evening. Uh, you know, I won't do more than one show or so a week. I'll be away. I'm going up to uh, my daughter, my granddaughter's bat mitzvah in uh, New York uh, later this week. Uh, so I don't think I will do another show this week. I'll see what inspires me next week. And so let me give a moment, if anybody wants to call in who heard this, at 646-716-7756. I opened up a chat line. I don't know what a little chat line is. I really have to call the, the, the experts who run this uh, organization um, and uh, ask them, get some help of how to set this up and maybe increase my listenership. Maybe even someday get some advertisers and make a couple of bucks out of this. That wouldn't be bad either. Okay. Nobody's calling. I'm going to close the episode. Whoever hears this, I wish you well. Uh, I had a very upsetting uh, session at my work this week. Uh, I interviewed a woman who has um, Huntington's chorea, uh, a dreadful, dreadful illness uh, in which the neurons in your brain are destroyed. Uh, she already can't eat or swallow. She has all kinds of twitching she can't drive a car. This is a woman who is very bright, well-educated, has a wonderful life, now being destroyed. First time I ever heard of this particular illness, uh, Woody Guthrie, the famous folk singer, had it and lay in a bed in Creedmoor Hospital uh, for many years 
uh, unable to talk, unable to move, unable to swallow, fed by a tube, uh, having his uh, bowel and bladder operate, you know, removed by by tubes uh, and cleaned up by AIDS, uh, but knew everything that was going on around them. If that isn't one of the worst nightmares I can imagine, I'm still shook up by this beautiful young woman, uh, early 50s, who uh, is facing this horrendous end. Uh, and her family, by the way, determined that faith will save her and she will, and I certainly hope they're right, and all the doctors and she are wrong. Uh, but anyway, so nobody's calling in can't have a good discussion so let me end this episode and here we go with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.